following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I like the Garfield comic book. (laughs) Because much like Garfield, I too don't like Mondays. Hold on, let's keep it classy, all right? Okay. Damn, that's scary. Greetings, and welcome to another edition of Oh Dreadful Day. It's Friday. Yes, it quite is, quite good indeed. My name is Leslie Cummingsworth. I'm joined alongside my dear counterpart. Introduce yourself, please. And I am the esteemed Wilford Budweiser Tinsby Furry. Yes, very good, very good, quite good. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on the program today. We are continuing our month of the uh, the full moon. It's a journey through the malicious and the macabre. Yes, indeed, quite good. The macabre. The eccentric and the occult. You will uh, learn a thing or two about yourselves as we travel dark and deep into the inner psyche. With an emphasis on the ribald and the randy. Hey, okay, okay, all right, enough of that shit. All Ladies right. and gentlemen, we are... <clears throat> ah, yeah. damn, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had to tone down our opener a little bit because apparently uh, we're pigs. Yeah, I guess we're a little too lowbrow for the uh, the more intellectual audio consumers out there. Yeah, I'm so sorry that for the last two episodes we were having fun talking about venereal diseases, cocaine abuse. Yeah, I'm sorry. Alcohol we're not abuse. Masters of Baroque architecture and motherfucking chamber music. The show's called Damn That Scary. It's a fucking horror podcast. We or, try to make it a oh, little dreadful day. It's frightening in here. You know what? I kind of like that. Oh, dreadful day. It's frightening here. Yeah. You know, but with like a, I don't even know if I was doing a British accent, but some kind of non-American accent. You kind of reminded me of pops from a regular show. I was going for foppish. Okay. Okay. I like a good fop. If that makes sense. My name is Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York is Greg. Greg, how you doing, baby? Well, I like to rhyme. I like my beat Spunky. I'm Spunky, and I like my oatmeal one. Still doing this. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes when I come, it gets a little uh, chunky. I just wanted to rhyme. I like my Brewster Punky. I get the pox from a monkey. By the end of the episode... We're both gonna be a little drunky, eh? Eh? That's good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Greg, did you check out anything good this week, brother? No. Oh, I did watch a couple of trailers though. Oh, did you now? Tell me about them. Yeah. Well, the first one was called Scorn. Ooh, Ooh. let us talk about Scorn. Yeah, based on the work of one H.R. Geiger. Geiger. Uh, yeah. Apparently, H.R. Geiger is. In video game development now, that's that's what he does now, right? He rise from the grave. Welcome to your doom. From beyond the grave. He from is, beyond. Uh, I think he's really trying to make up for the debacle that was Dark Seed back in the nineties. <laughs> oh boy, Dark Seed looked great, but failed to deliver. Oh, it's it sucked. That came out in the nineties. I think so. Yeah. Wowzers! I remember well, it had like... uh, many floppy disks with the install. H.R. Geiger-inspired Scorn will be coming out this October for the Xbox. Uh, This is a uh, uh, Bethesda game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, it is inspired by H.R. Geiger. It looks like an H.R. Geiger... Geiger? My name is Geiger. H.R. Geiger. You can check out uh, a little trailer that's actually voiced by Doug Bradley. The Doug Bradley? That's the one! Of Hellraiser fame? Yeah. The one in True Pinhead, you fucking goons. I don't know. I kind of like the other one from part seven or whatever the fuck. Oh, part 12, the fat one. You know, the guy with the oddly shaped potato head. Yeah, what the fuck? Pick the weirdest 
you know what? We don't have to get into that. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was bulgy. That's all you need to know. He was pouring out of that Cenobite suit. I mean, they already had a butterball. You know, underneath that, that fucking leather is just so much hair and fat. Oh, no, it's just a soup. Oh, God. <laughs> they picked up that guy from that movie, Cruising. I imagine it's much like the, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stories that you hear about Ted Raimi getting out of the uh, the rubber suit for Evil Dead 2. Oh, God. Yeah, where I he was just buckets of sweat. I think the Cenobites probably have a similar experience underneath that leather. No matter how much you powder, you're not going to be able to keep that dry. Oh, no, 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 no. But that's a great way to lose a few pounds before a show. Oh, sure. Scorn will be available starting October 21st for Xbox and the PC. Highly recommend checking this out. It kind of, it, it's like a mix of Cronenberg, I was gonna Geiger, say, yeah. and Lovecraft. If you like your Geiger with a fleshy twist of Cronenberg on top, then this is going to be the game for you. It's not going to be an action-packed Call of Duty-style shooter. They made that pretty clear from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be atmospheric. It's going to be visually interesting for sure. And I think it's uh, pretty heavily puzzle-based for those of you out there who enjoy that kind of stuff. I don't. Oh, I do. I like to go into a room with guns a-blazing, chains a-blazing, swords. I, I, I like a good slash em up fuck em up shit. Well, you're a real Duke Nukem kind of guy. I'm a total Duke Nukem guy, all right? Okay. I like to piss in the urinal with my dick. <laughs> I like to check out strippers, Ooh. all right? That's why I like my meat red and bloody. Get some. I'm more of a Custer's Revenge kind of man myself. God bless America. Oh, okay, okay. You can't beat that old Atari bullshit. Well, yeah. That Texas Chainsaw Massacre game from the Atari, though. Woof. That was a good time. You actually got to play as Leatherface, though. I give it credit for that. Speaking of, we're going to be having that Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game coming out pretty soon as well. I like that there's all these horror games coming out now. Oh, yeah. Big fan of that. Yeah, the Evil Dead game apparently is doing really well, and apparently it's also a lot of fun. I think we can uh, we can collectively thank Dead by Daylight for getting this hype started. Or you could thank the Friday the 13th game as well, because Dead by Daylight came out before Friday the 13th, but Friday the 13th kind of was a bigger deal. Well, it was the same fucking game. Oh, the exact same game, but I, I think people started playing the Friday the 13th game and then discovered Dead by Daylight. Well, then Dead by Daylight just started adding all kinds of DLC that was famous horror franchises. Yeah, downloadable cock. <laughs> the yeah. best kind. Which, you know, definitely existed on the internet before Dead by Daylight in various interactive ways, uh, mostly in Japan. But uh, like you said, they really popularized it. Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, Greg, back on the Scorn trailer that is voiced by Doug Bradley, you pointed out something that Doug Bradley? Yeah, that's Doug Bradley, the guy who played Pinhead. Okay. Not the fat one, though. I mean, he's he's, he's got an old man pouch, a paunch. A primordial pouch? Yeah, sure. A bag, so to speak. He has a colostomy bag for sure. Uh, now, how did he pronounce macabre? Oh, in the trailer, he got it wrong, my friend. Yeah. He gave it the old r at the end. Macabre. Macabre. And I have to wonder, how much are you getting paid, Doug, if you can't even read? That son of a bitch just sat in front of a microphone and read what was ever in front of him, and he phonetically sounded the word macabre this word in british english macabre in american english macabre you fool i'm picturing him just you know legs crossed in that weird creepy way that some people do where like the knee is over the knee it's unnatural oh it's and, so uh, not right i mean you don't have, where, where do your cock and balls go exactly where he's sipping like a tea his coffee would also seem too natural in that situation he's sipping tea with like two tea bags in it like a fucking freak like a, like a jasmine tea, and, not and even like green Reading tea. the script right in front of him, just one take Bradley, you know? And then he's like, all right, assholes, drops it on the floor on his way out the door. Doesn't even take the headphones off. He just rips the, the cord right out of the socket. Out his yeah, way out real, the Kenny, real Kenny Loggins type. Doug Loggins Bradley. That's what, that's what he was known <laughs> as on the Hellraiser set. They actually, they originally had a Cenobite by the name of Loggins, but they had to cut it from the first one because he was a little too... Uh, cylindrical. You open the box. We all way to the danger zone. Kenny, now is not the time for singing. Now is the time for pain. Danger now is not the zone. time for energetic rock ballads, Kenny. 
We gotta cut loose. Blue loose. As he's sawing off a foot. We have such Kevin Bacon to show you. This is such exquisite dancing. Oh, yeah, but go ahead and check out the trailer for Scorn. Man, goddamn, it looks interesting. The gameplay looks kind of weird, unique. Looks like a trip. Yeah, it looks like a hoot and a holler. But you know what else looks like a fucking trip, Greg? What's that? Henry Thomas in a bloody fight for his fucking life in the motion picture crawl space. Hold on a second. Where do I know that name from? Uh, E.T. Finger Elliot. Oh, he was the rape victim from the extraterrestrial movie. That's exactly who he was, because you know E.T. was boofing that poor kid. I mean, if your finger glows, it's going to end up somewhere it's not supposed to be, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You get it in you, and you can see the glow like through the, from the inside out. It's a great party trick. Kids are curious. So are aliens. He's the Daniel Day-Lewis of extraterrestrials. Yeah, honestly, he was. If your vocabulary is... Uh, uh, yeah, chances are the rest of the aliens didn't want him around. The acting talent was incredible. I feel like that's where uh, the story for Home Alone came from. Of course. You know the aliens were in space, and it's like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting. Kevin! Kevin! Elliot! No, no, no. Elliot was the kid that got molested by E.T. What the, what's the fucking E.T.'s name, then? It's just E.T. The other ones don't call him E.T. Yeah, they're all just called E.T. One, no, one of them was named, like, fucking Gromble or something like that. Gromble? Grover. Grissom? Uh, Gobbler? Grimace? It was something like that. Okay, cool. Well, Crawl Space is a little bit more along the lines of a Die Hard movie, really. Oh, it's totally Die Hard. It's like Die Hard meets the people under the stairs with Guy Fieri and Uncle Rico as the twin shotgun gimps. A lot of people call it Fieri, but the E, the R, and the I in Italian, you roll it. And I only watched the trailer once. Fieri. Easy. Crawl Space is currently streaming on Amazon Prime right the fuck now. Go check it out. It looks awesome. I'm probably going to end up watching it tonight. And it's awesome to see Elliot out of the wheelchair. Good on you, kid. The government killed that alien dead. They sure did. Hey, man, guess what else is coming out? I hope it's something animated. Guess what, Greg? It's something animated. I am talking about Phil Tippett's Mad God. This motion picture took damn near 30 fucking years to make phil 30 years tippets yeah phil tippets the guy who did like the production designs on fucking return of the jedi uh-huh like this movie was written during the reagan administration yeah except this one looks like it was filmed entirely in the inside of a fucking tauntaun honestly you're not wrong i'm just trying to bring the whole star wars thing back around you did okay even though that's empire strikes back but i mean this isn't a star wars podcast so i don't give a shit yeah but was there ever another animal that they went inside of oh yeah i i go into uh tauntaun sarlacc picks fucking uh bamphas huh every fucking star wars anything they always crawl into some giant mythical beast it's oddly erotic and then they explode it from the inside out it's great i may have to give this film franchise another chance I don't know why you don't like Star Wars, but that's that's okay. That's a talk for another time. But yeah, I never Mad realized God. it was so sexy. Of course it's sexy. You got a brother and sister making out. Come I suppose on. the lightsabers are pretty uh, specific. Yeah, they're just penises. Yeah. They're glowing dicks. That's fun. Just like yeah, John- the glowing finger from E.T. Yeah, or the glowing dick of a one John Ritter in that one fucking movie I can't remember. Oh, God. So that first movie was all about Anakin's childhood experiences with a lightsaber huh yeah pretty much ah. i mean he he was a slave no wonder he ended up in that respirator suit <laughs> mad god will be streaming on shutter uh i don't fucking know when but soon probably now that sounds perfect it, it looks fucking great it looks amazing this is uh considered one of the most graphic movies ever made and that is fucking saying a lot i love the word graphic whenever it turns up in a rating you know what? The the word graphic was not used in the synopsis for Salo. Uh, uh, that seems like an oversight. Yep. Because really, you got your you got your graphic language, uh-huh. your graphic violence, your graphic sexuality, the graphic novels the kids read, graphic situations. 
the graphic graphs. A little redundant, but I think I own an entire set of graphic pens. Uh, that one kid was going to school for graphic design. A lot of graphic nudity in those figure drawing classes. But you know what I wish I didn't have? Yeah. Is that photographic memory that I can remember every fucking second of Salo. Oh, I don't blame you, man. Could you imagine if Elliot from E.T. had <laughs> his entire life would be a nightmare? I mean, yeah, look at him. He didn't age well. Every poke from that glowing finger takes 10 years off your life. Well, in that case, he should be dead. Oh! Only on the inside. But yeah, go check out the trailer for Mad God. It looks fucking awesome. In French, macabre. Yeah, uh, Chucky season two is coming in pretty hot, buddy. Fiona Dorif, Jennifer Tilly, they're all coming back for season two. Don Mancini is also back as the, the showrunner for Sci-Fi in USA. Is Chucky still going to be played by Christian Bale? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, he is. As we all know, Christian Bale did have that very controversial and graphic surgery to shorten himself down to about two feet. The red hair plugs, the plastic skin, the works, the silicone, all of that shit. He will be back for season two. Oh, yeah, the shortening. Uh, yes, of course. I love that movie, and I also love cooking with shortening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, real big Guy Fieri fan. Is that the second time we've referenced Guy Fieri? Oh, yeah. You know, the guy's a fucking treasure. As a chef, I'm known for my food, but one of the things people always ask me about is, hey, where'd you get those? Ah! I'm a Crisco guy myself. I love shortening. Oh, shortening's so good. It's greasy, it's Uh thick, it gets everywhere. Every nook and cranny. (laughs) Not like sand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Chucky season two will be out soon. They're already filming it and shit like that. Pretty exciting. Look out for that. Hey. And I just love the fact that hey, it's season two, the yeah. Chucky Boogaloo. Continue. Oh boy! Oh, son of a bitch! And lastly, hey. I feel obligated to bring this up: Squid Game, the challenge reality series, is going to be coming to Netflix. Watch it in Korean. Yes, absolutely. Because as we know, the English dubbing just fucks everything up and makes it even cheesier than it has to be. You know what they say? Dubs are for scrubs. You're a Korean. I'm Korean. Everybody's being. <laughs> hey, if you're South American, when you go into the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, there is actually a U.S. application to sign up for the Squid Game Challenge show. So, you know. Go ahead, check it out. I imagine this is going to be a fear factor type thing sure. where you're going to have to eat a bunch of testicles or whatever. I don't know. Gravy covered penises for breakfast, lunch, I and dinner. Absolutely love that song by NSYNC, Gravy Cock. Is that a real song? Yeah, it goes like this. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about what's the deal with this Gravy Cock? It's going to fade out. Hey. Hey. No singing. No, but uh, the one thing is like you could sign up for this show, whatever, but chances are you are going to get a fucking bullet in the back of your head because oh. yeah, those uh, those Koreans, man, they play for keeps. Nothing like those Taiwanese. Taiwanese, Yuanese, everyone's a peon. I don't know if I have a problem with that or not. Just terrible. Uh, well, that's all I got. Uh, Gregory, do you have anything you want to add? Well, I saw a very interesting picture the other day. A bit of a surveillance photo with a very odd figure in the background. Okay. Now, I know that your favorite cryptid is, of course, the Mothman. I love the Mothman because he gives you pink eye. And how do you get pink eye? From poop. From farts to your face. So you you know the Mothman is just fart and scat everywhere. But you, of course, know that my favorite cryptid has always been the Chupa Chupa. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, chupacabras! Fuck yeah. So I feel like we have an actual documented visual representation, like actual proof of the existence of chupacabras now. I 100% agree with you on that. I mean, this one was bipedal, which I don't know is the you know the usual way they go about sucking goats, but uh, maybe he was just excited. I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, of course, this is uh, what we are talking about is outside of the Amarillo, Texas Zoo, there is an image out that has since gone viral. Mm-hmm. And it is a creature standing up on its hind legs, kind of resembles a mix of a werewolf 
Got a little bit of a Sonic the Hedgehog kind of thing going on the back and head. But more importantly, I'm just going to say that this is Crash Bandicoot. Okay, I've got a quick question for you. Yes, sir. What the fuck is a Bandicoot? I mean, was, was Crash this entire time a Chupacabra? Is Bandicoot like Australian for Chupacabra? Are they, are they like one and the same? I think it's Australia for beer. Because I know they're always talking about glizzies and billabongs and all that kind of nonsense. Like this, I like a good a... billabong. I always kind of assumed that Bandicoot was an Australian phrase. Because it sounds like it comes from a fucking Dr. Seuss book. It, it, oh, I love that <laughs> one. Call that a bandicoot. This uh, is a bandicoot. Yeah, then Paul Hogan pulls his dick out. Wait, I think I pronounced that wrong. I think it's bandicoot. bandicoot. I'm, still, I'm still not getting it. I'm really bad at accents. You know what? You're okay. Thanks, bandicoot. Uh, but everybody go check this out. Amarillo, Texas Zoo. Look up the picture if you haven't seen it yet. It is it is truly creepy. This is not somebody in a Halloween costume. And this is definitely not like well, a... I mean, it totally could be. No, the, the way it's standing and shit, the length of the arms, I, I, I refuse to believe that this is a furry. You know what it kind of looks is... like? This looks like when you see someone who's got, who owns like a big dog, you know, like a German Shepherd or like a big ass dog. And they like grab their front paws and they kind of dance around with them. This looks like that, except the person dancing with the dog is wearing like a green man suit. <laughs> <Makes him invisible. laughs> so it's just the dog fucking flopping around on his back legs, you know, like he's people, but he's totally not people. <laughs> like he's people? Well, shit on a shingle, Greg. He's not a good dancer, is what I'm saying. No, no, terrible dancer. But, ah. Oh. <laughs> I'm totally going to go ahead and say that this is just uh, just a chupacabra. It's a bandicoot, which I'm going to go ahead and say is definitely the Australian chupacabra. Okay, so there's an Australian chupacabra running around in Amarillo. Yeah, he must have came uh, uh, across the Pacific on a fucking... What's Australian for raft? Raft. Like a bindi? <laughs> no, that's that's something else. Drongo is an oh. old slang term for idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, I packed up a bunch of pack of glizzies. Got on me bindi, did I? So a bogan is like a person who drinks a lot of beer. Came across the Pacific on a on a pack of glizzies. Uh, doesn't really care about what they look like. Now he's an Amarillo. Um, what they do with their life. Um, Came across the Pacific Ocean on top of a Nathan Jones. <laughs> By Lamos. Let the rhythm take you over, Nathan Jones. Chupacabra, chupacabra, bailamos. No, no singing. singing, no singing. Bogan? All right. Well, that's all I got for what's going on in the world of fuckery, fuck, fuck news. Who gives a fucking shit? I mean, that was good news. But you know what they say? No noose is good news. <laughs> well, Greg, I think it's time to uh, apologize. You know what I'm saying, man? Just say we're sorry for our indiscretions. Yes, <sighs> again. Yeah, this again. It will yeah. always be this again because we always fuck up. And first mm-hmm. and foremost, and actually not just first, the only thing I'm going to apologize for. I am so sorry that our show is crude, obscene, that too. misogynistic. Somewhat. You know what? We've been called a lot of things. Mostly good things. But sometimes you're just going to come out and call us pig. Yes, pig. Now, is that such a bad thing to be called? I mean, pigs are smart, intelligent creatures. Hmm. Uh, they make great pets. Uh-huh. They're delicious. In a lot of different ways, sure. Yeah, but you know what? I will accept that term. Pig. 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 I'll take it and I'll run with it, Greg. As a matter of fact, from now on out, I want to be called the pig's knees of the podcast world. I can do that for you. Thank you, buddy. Can we change the name of the show to Damn That's Piggy? Yeah, sure. That sounds great. Damn That's Piggy. I love it. T-shirts will be flying off the shelves. But you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. We will tone down the show. Uh, The crudeness, the obscenities. No. No. 
no, no, the, uh, no, no. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I guess, I'm sorry that that we're crude, Greg. You're so piggy. You probably thought this apology was about you. Pretty good, right? And it is pretty good. You know, I dig on swine, and Greg, you are one charming motherfucker pig. Okay, so I guess it's my turn, huh? Sure. I'm going to give a little bit of a, uh, a little bit less of a piggy apology here. And for the first time in the history of our podcast, I would like to apologize to my illustrious co-host and life partner, Micah. That's me. Our regular listeners obviously know that I had no choice but to put you to sleep with a dart to the neck last episode. Thank you. I'm not sorry for that. You were out of control, and I had precious few seconds to remain un penetrated i am however sorry for the chemical makeup of said tranquilizer darts i'm not exactly sure of everything that was in there but it was most likely a homemade blend of powdered bleach crushed up ammonium and that new spicy mountain dew that i'm afraid to actually drink without whiskey in it there's also a chance that the dart itself gave you tetanus hepatitis c and or the hantavirus my jaw sees mm. probably lupus my friend oh for that i apologize and i'll thank you to not put your mouth or hands on any of my mucous membranes in the future thank you okay baby cakes we are continuing our full <laughs> a wolf sound like that is totally what a wolf sounds like because we are continuing the theme of werewolves not full moon pictures well we'll see not yet we will get there and of course uh you know what you guys probably expected this from us or maybe you didn't i don't know we are taking the high road here and we are bringing you 2014 canadian masterpiece wolf Wolf cop yeah it's fantastic wolf cop is absolutely wonderful i'm sure a majority of our listeners has seen this movie or at least heard of this movie it's one of those rare instances where the title is exactly what you get very fucking rare indeed if you can imagine Uh, a movie called wolf cop and what that would entail lowell dean delivered that directly to your fucking tv screen in 2014 Lowell Dean is absolutely phenomenal. He thought of this fucking movie like 10 years before it actually came out. This film gives you incredible special effects, a great story, fun dialogue, competent cast, very good acting, surprisingly. Did I mention the special effects? I'm pretty sure I did because this movie is gory. It is goddamn fun. But most importantly, my God, is it Canadian? Some really nice transformations. The Canadians are known for that. Fuck, man. There's a lot of good transformation scenes in werewolf films. The transformation scene in this movie is absolutely great. But Greg, before we suck this movie's dick anymore, why don't we just get right to it? Give us our list of characters. All right, fuckface, here we go. First on the list is Officer Lou Giroux. Yeah, Lou Giroux which some of you out there might recognize as O Francais. He is a dysfunctional police officer, an alcoholic, a low-key criminal, a wolf, a cop, and a wolf cop. What? Bizarre, I know. Indeed. Yeah, this is Leo Fafard, who uh-huh. is a Canadian actor uh, who is actually best known for this. He is uh, He's also in a Ryan Reynolds uh, movie. He's in something called Cage Fighter. He's in Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, he's in a whole bunch of shit. But more importantly, <laughs> he is Wolf Cop. He's also in uh, the sequel to Wolf Cop, Wolf Cop 2. Well, that just makes sense. Right? He also looks a lot like a low-budget Cosmo Kramer, which turns out it's perfect for a Wolf Cop. Oh, my God. Yeah, just as racist. If only there were a... A horrible name that I could call you that would make you as angry as I am. Uh-oh. And then just as important, we have Tina, who is a model police cop 
a teacher's pet, a golden girl. She is a capable, motivated, and naturally musky police officer. Also Canadian, also in that movie with Ryan Reynolds, who gives mm-hmm. a shit. And she's in a bunch of, uh, I guess what we would consider B movies. But more importantly, she is an accomplished comedic improviser. Yeah, you can kind of tell from the way that she presents herself in this film. Oh, totally. Uh, she is the creator and star of the award-winning web series Insatiable. God, I am uh, familiar with that. <laughs> yep. Was that convincing? Nope. So then there's Willie, who might be my favorite character from this whole movie. Willie's my favorite, too. He's the gun store owner. He is a paranoid psychopath a probable PTSD victim, an occult investigator, a metalhead, and Lou's BFF. Ah, uh, this guy totally rules. So other than Wolf Cop, for our fans, I'm just going to come out and say that he is Rudy from 2003's Rudy. masterpiece, House of the Dead. Oh. And he was also Rory in Final Destination 2. Rudy, you too small to go to the House of the Dead. I could go to the house of the dead if I want to. Terrible. I don't know why he turned to Adam Sandler, but he did. He wasn't handicapped. He was oh, small. come on. Just give me at the game. I just go to the game. He achieved in spite of his physical deficiencies. <laughs> what does Rudy and Daniel Day-Lewis have in common? They're both really good actors. I feel like I'm being a little Rudy over here. Um... And then we have the chief. Who is not much to say about this guy. He is just the hard-ass police chief stereotype. Okay, this is Aiden Devine. Yeah. Uh, He was in that first Suicide Squad movie that totally really sucked. But more importantly... He was in Rudy. He's actually in a fantastic horror movie. Also Canadian. Uh, Also an hour and 20 minutes. Good. Called Al You're Dead where he plays as a, uh, a mortician where he play, he plays as a doctor. Living a, <laughs> he plays as a doctor living on a farm where the mob actually drops off bodies for him to completely decompose because okay. apparently he could do that. And his just him and his daughter. Cause he's got sort kind of, of like an egg beater thing going on. So he can decompose him a little faster than the average man. You know what? It's a good fucking movie. It's great. It's called I'll Think You're Dead. Go watch it. fantastic. Yeah. Fuck you, Greg. Come on, Greg. And then we have Jess, who, of course, is the sexy bartender. How could you miss her? Hey, she's pretty hot. She is a shameless flirt, an enabler, to be totally honest, and kind of a derailist. Yeah. The roles are reversed from the uh, the societal norm, but, uh, you know. Yeah, so that means it's just funny. Kind of like when Jerry Seinfeld got ranked by his dentist. We all just laughed about Completely it. socially acceptable, right? Yeah, it's fine. Put it right in his mouth while he's unconscious. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, did I ever tell you about that movie, I'll Think You're Dead? What's the deal with... <laughs> <laughs> but what is up with airline... <laughs> Somebody pump my stomach. It's full of cum. I sure hope that's toothpaste on my shirt. Is <laughs> 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 that <a> Jerry laugh? <laughs> I don't think Jerry Seinfeld laughs. No, he doesn't. He just declares things. Yes, that's it. He, I've never heard Jerry Seinfeld laugh. No, when he laughs, he just goes, Oh! <laughs> my dentist is a racist. <laughs> oh! Cheryl, would you ready the nitrous oxide, please? Larry, get ready to fuck! What are you doing? You fuckers, fucker! You fucker! That's enough! Get ready to fuck! Sorry. I didn't want to wake you up. And real quick, one thing about uh, Jess, who's played by Sarah Lind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I she is involved in a sex scene in this movie. Yes, it's pretty hot, right? Uh, well, it's hot for a certain demographic, I would say. She used a body double. Understandable. She didn't want to be naked in this movie. 
upsetting but understandable very upsetting but yes what's next well we got someone who very much wanted to be naked in this movie but they would not allow it a man named terry wallace who is a local politician a man who's tough on crime pro-police reform anti-corruption and also a big old fucking corpse yeah uh he doesn't make it very far nope he dies before we even really learn his name yeah, he's a regular uh, Bernie Sanders type, I believe. He's looking to bring change to this small town, and of course you can't allow that because there's fucking werewolves abound. And last but not least, we have a little character that I like to call Shitty Feldman. Oh, this guy? Yeah, he's a leather-clad no-goodnik, a fingerless glove rocker, and a knife man. He is also the leader of the local evil biker gang. Yeah, they don't even have a name for this gang, though. No, I think they're like the piggies or something like that. Yeah. Some of them have pig masks. Some have wolf masks. It's a whole fucking thing they're doing. Who really cares? You know what? Yeah, I take back what I just said because they totally have named it and it is piggies. Yeah, but nobody really likes to be called piggy. You know what I mean? Like, no one wants to be a piggy. He's also known for his role in Final Destination 3, The Uninvited. Of course, he is Chad from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was in the motion picture. Shallow 120 Days of Sodom. Uh, he also plays in uh, plays a part in the alien abduction motion picture, Action Terrestrial. If you haven't seen that one, go check it out. It's great. He gets uh, probed to death. Oh, E.T., the director's cut? <laughs> Where Elliot just watches and screams and screams and screams. Hey, Greg, did you know that the new version of there, there's like an edited there? There is a version of E.T. now where all the government agents are like holding batons instead of guns. Yeah, I think I want to say South Park did a commentary on that back in the day, right? Did they? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that's, that's super new. Yeah, that's right. OK. Like, really, if you think about it, it's kind of fucked up. But they're all they're like, like threatening to kill him. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, but they're all just like pointing these fucking AK-47s at him, like make a false move towards that kid, and I will shoot the shit. How out of the you. fuck would you react if you saw that thing? I point a gun at it. Yeah, then ET's gonna fucking do you one better and pull out his glowing rod finger. You run backwards through the set of, <laughs> of the final scene of ET. <laughs> yes, once. That's how I ended up in this wheelchair. <laughs> so I think that pretty much does it for our characters. Oh, thank God. How would you like to get right into the plot, my friend? Oh, would I? So we open in a filthy apartment where Officer Lou Giroux, which of course is French for Count Dracula, <laughs> is getting his shit together for another day of alcoholic police work. You know what? I love this scene so much because he pops up awake and he's got some scab laying in bed next to him. And she's a total slam pig. I love oh, that this is a pig-themed episode. He's got beers laying around everywhere. This is uh, divorced me. Oh, yeah. Riddled with chlamydia. Well, he throws on his filthy pants and his dirty work shirt, and he drinks and drives like a boss and slumps his way into the station where Tina, his best friend and co-worker, tells him that he has a disturbance call to take. Now, I do like that opening scene a lot, Greg, especially uh, I, I want to point out right now at this point in the movie that we're introduced by the actual score of the movie by the band, The Shooting Guns. Mm -hmm. The Shooting Guns remind me of like Canadian clutch. They have a very old school rock and roll feel, kind of like a like a stripped down motorhead. You, you pretty much just call that Canadian clutch. Yeah, yeah Canadian clutch. I, I thoroughly measured in, in kilometers. They do everything. <laughs> I, I love the score to this movie. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Everything about this movie is great, which is why it's going to come as a very big surprise when you actually hear my, uh, my score at the end. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Controversial. I'm not going to give anything away, <laughs> but anyway, he drinks his way to the gun shop where the disturbance call was made. And it turns out this was just a clever ruse by his friend, Willie. Willie Higgins! Who is rambling about teenagers engaging in cult activity nearby in the woods. 
Yeah, so he shows up this video of him walking around in the woods. And he is certain that the reason why there are all these disappearances of animals and pets in town is caused by teenagers. See, at this time, they are building up for the town event that happens every year called the drink and shoot, Mm -hmm. where everyone gets hammered, goes in the woods, and just starts blasting. Sounds fantastic. Uh, But what does he stumble on in the video, Greg? Well, what you should have expected is probably an extraterrestrial just probing all these animals to death. (laughs) Yep. But Lou tells Willie, you better remember the boy who cried wolf, my friend. To which Willie astutely replies, the boy was fine, but that flock was fucked. That's actually very true. And I think that is just kind of the, uh, I don't know, the undertone, the theme, the mission statement of this entire script. Absolutely. Right? You know what? There's some clever writing here. It's a little smarter than it lets on initially. You know what? I, I, right away, the guy's name is Lugaru. Yeah, which of course means Count Dracula. So, like, you have a whole <laughs> In French. You have, you have a context for this whole French masquerade, I think is the word you'd use. For those of you that listen to highbrow podcasts like Lore, oh. you know what Lugaru is. A little bit of an overture. Oh, speaking of overtures, have you heard of Mozart's? 1912 overture actually 1812 i don't fucking know the the actual 1812 a little bit of monica in my life a little bit of monica in my life a little bit of monica is what i need ah yes ludwig van beethoven yes concerto number five Vaz Defrance number five. <laughs> the seminal vesicle in B. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So at this point, Lou is tired from a long day of drinking. So of course, he goes back to his local bar, where he flirts with the big titty bartender by the name of Jess. Yeah, Jess. And she is just fantastic. God damn, she is so 2014 and just so hot. That's pretty specific, but sure. Yeah. Also, I have to comment here. It's only a little bit suspicious that she is so into him just right off the bat here. Oh, yeah. And she's she's asking questions. Yeah, he's just a fucked up, disgusting human being, and she is all about it. So you kind of you're already thinking, what's up, Jess? What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? You knew right away that there was something nefarious about this chick. Is it chlamydia? It's probably chlamydia. It's probably the clap. Yeah, maybe herpes. Maybe. Maybe something simple, just like hepatitis. Yeah, simple. I don't know. Monkeypox. Monkeypox. You think she's got the monkeypox? Oh, man, these pussy crumbs are making me itch. She might actually have the monkey pup, and that's why she's so into the wolf, man. It all comes together. <laughs> so this is where the chief tells Lou to do some actual fucking cop work and sends yep. him out to the woods at night to, I guess, like, fuck up some teenager's bong party or something. I'm not totally sure what he's actually looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just say uh, someone's out there committing some uh, petty crime. And naturally, since he's the biggest fuck up on the force, it's his job to go take a look. Long story short, he is knocked unconscious by some weirdos in plague doctor masks. That is, uh, that's a lot of fun, that scene. I actually like that. A lot of good comments, a lot of good quips. He's searching around, he's got his flashlight. There is sort of a mystery going on throughout this film where you just get little bits and pieces as it goes from his perspective. But anyway, he goes unconscious, and oddly wakes up back in his shitty apartment. Was this all a bad dream? Or did it actually happen? Yeah, no, it was definitely real. Because Lou attempts to shave and discovers something weird about his hair growth in that it is rampant. He's a regular old Tim Allen. He's a real Ron Jeremy. No, he's more of a Tim Allen into Santa Claus. Because Santa, when he shaves... Poof, it is right back, baby. Good luck on that job interview. A little bit of a Robin Williams. Well, he's dead. His hair's still growing. I learned that in uh, Sopranos, that your hair and nails still grow after you're dead. 
Yeah, that fucker's body looks like a shrubbery at this point. Like a big old ball of moss. Oh, I hope so. Pubic moss. <laughs> the best kind. So he has that whole issue with shaving, but more importantly, he pulls his shirt up to reveal the logo from Rush's 2112 album. I think Bam Margera used that for a big part of his career too, right? No, that was the heartogram. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, so it was Bam. This is the straight up Satan version, the Pentacle. Yeah, the Pentagon. Satan, Satan, Satan. The mark of the beast, and it is carved into his abdomen. God is dead. 9-11 was an inside job. Hillary is making baby smoothies. <laughs> the earth is flat. JFK was killed by the mafia. Electric cars were invented in 1920. Harry Truman signed a declaration with the Greys in 1942 that stated that they are allowed to take a certain percentage of the population, and in return, we will get alien technology. Gorbachev was a cyborg. Jimmy Carter was a skinwalker. Bill Clinton was castrated at age 10. Allegedly. The New World Order invented AIDS. Crack was invented by the mole people. The reptilians have infiltrated the government since Benjamin Franklin hosted an orgy where he fucked Zolkron, the head of the reptilians, and now they're in the government. Scientology is real. It's the only true religion. Tupac is still alive. Biggie Smalls is still alive. Michael Jackson is still alive. Ronald Reagan is still alive. Nixon is still alive. They're all still alive. JFK is still alive. But more importantly, corn, corn syrup, syrup is, is my control. control. That's a fact. It's at this point of the movie where our, our hero is called to the woods because there has been a disturbance and he stumbles upon <laughs> a very dead Terry. Yes. And here's where Nancy Pelosi announces that the whole town will have to cancel its annual drink and shoot because of this great tragedy. Yes, of course. And of course, Terry was running for mayor. Uh, he was found with a belt tied around his arm and a heroin needle sticking out of his veins. And a shotgun right up his ass. Pretty Just like Kurt me. Cobain. So Lou goes back to the bar to do some serious, quote unquote, investigating. Oh, you mean Lou Garou? Yeah, and he struggles to make a connection between his condition, the murders, and the full moon. Arroo. Jess attempts to date rape him with alcohol, which is totally not cool. Let me just put that out there. This babe pours him about four to five to six, seven, 18, probably 36 shots. And he drinks them all. Well, because he's a man. But somehow, Lou manages to cockblock himself by morphing into a werewolf. This scene was fucking incredible. He goes to the bathroom. First things first, his dick explodes. Like a balloon. I could have really done without this because there's one thing that gets me in movies is anything that has to do with inflated anything. Dude, just the blood coming out of his. Oh, he does pee a solid red. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, God. I just got really weak. Takes it back to a week ago when you're on those antibiotics. Oh, I don't like it. Pig. Oh, that made me weak. So then some crusty bikers sneak in to teach him the kind of lesson that you only learn in a penitentiary shower room. 69, dude! And then he, I guess, eats them or something. I don't know. He fucks them up. Oh, he bores the fuck out of them. Are you kidding me? He turns them into just splatters on the bathroom wall. But they're red this time. Yeah. And then, of course, he wakes up strapped to a bed in Willie's house, who coincidentally tranked him for his own safety just like i did to micah in last week's episode thank god yeah because i was a danger to you and myself you resembled a lycanthrope i think is uh that was the scary part i resembled a real lugaroo yeah count dracula and <laughs> oh france yep good old count chocula if you crave chocolate too count chocula can serve so Willie sneakily tries to feed Lou some eggs that are laced with wolf's bane. 
and he tells him as such as Lou is eating them. So naturally, he spits them out in disgust, proving that he is, in fact, Lou Giroux. So there's our evidence right there, right? That's your test. If you ever need to really figure this shit out in real life, grab some Wolfsbane. It's probably sold at your local co-op. I don't know. Probably, but you got to mix with eggs. Put a silver bullet in there. Yep. Coors Light. If somebody spits them out, it means that they're a fucking creature of the night and should be stabbed in the heart. And you should probably shove some garlic up their ass, too. That's our advice from DTS. That's our official standpoint. Yeah. So Tina arrives just in time to clean this whole fucking mess up. And she takes Lou back to the bar one more time. Back to the bar to check out this absolute fucking mess where Lou Guru is actually having some flashbacks of what happened. It's kind of piecing it together. It's coming back in flashes. But Tina, my God, this is actually my favorite part of the movie where she finds a face. The first of many faces. She finds a face that's completely ripped off, hanging on the bathroom wall. And she's like, oh, look, it's a face. It kind of looks like yours. And she holds it up to her own face and starts doing an impression of Lou Guru. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. It's a great gag. Great. And for some reason, Lou decides he doesn't want to hang around much longer. Go figure. And yeah, he goes right. uh, outside with Jess to apologize. And it turns out that she's all horny for wolves now. I mean, wouldn't you be? I didn't really want to just throw it out there, but sure, of course. Yeah, yeah, you like a good hairy, 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 hairy boy. What are you, my dad? So then this is where we jump to Shitty Feldman chastising his surviving henchman for failing to kidnap Lou as he instructed. Now, I like this actor, but ah, there's something about him playing a hard ass that is just so weird to me because... The dude is actually like five foot six. It's the haircut, the chin, and the spacing of his eyes. It's all wrong. It's not It's not natural. And they had to slap on that like prison style tattoo. They tried to harden him up with a little cheek tattoo, but it really didn't do the trick. And also the duster kind of does it for me. Short guys shouldn't wear dusters. Yeah, because they kind of drag on the floor and you can't see their feet. It's really awkward. It's a great way to plow the driveway, though. Just walk up and down like one of those goth adults. However, if you were questioning the toughness of this particular goth adult... I was. He removes all doubt by stabbing his henchman in the eye just to make a keep-one-eye-on-the-clock pun. It was clever. It seemed a little uh, little bit of a stretch to stab a man's eyeball out, but, you know, he's, a, he's the evil leader of a biker gang, so... So Lou gets drunk in a library while looking up werewolf in the dictionary. He gets frustrated and eventually stands up and just yells to the librarian, Hey, you got any books on devil worship here? I like that a lot. I also like that you said it like that, like a fucking New Yorker. Yeah. He stood up and said, Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, he definitely didn't have that accent, but I like to picture it that way. Yeah, he stood up and said, Hey, I'll have what she's having. He stood up and said, hey, Woody Allen can fuck his daughter. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? If Woody Allen can fuck his daughter, why can't I? Oh, hey. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, hey. (laughs) Hey, you like the Giants or you like the Mets? Oh. And while researching through the book that he's given by the library, he learns that changelings use werewolf blood to fuel their evil powers. And this sacrifice must be done during an eclipse or some shit. What a great storyline. Yeah, it's kind of cool, actually. I, I love this storyline because it's it's cheesy, but also it's there's a lot of thought that went into it. Well, you think this is a werewolf story, and then all of a sudden they're throwing fucking changelings at you. Oh, I love a good changeling. You know, so there's layers and levels to this script. It's a lot more intricate than you would initially think for something called Wolf Cop. Yeah, like an onion. It's actually pretty fantastic. You're fantastic. So for his own safety, Willie locks Lou in a cell for the night and sets up a camera insisting that uh, Lou remove his gitch repeatedly. They, They say this over and over. It's an ongoing gag for probably about five minutes. He's like, take off your gitch. And Lou's like, I don't want to take my gitch off, buddy. That would leave my schlong just wanging out there for you to see. That's fine with me. I want your gitch off. I'm going to take my gitch off, but my toque stays on, eh? Because they're 
they're the Canadian. So yeah, you know, this whole, this whole uh, gitch removing process is of course for science, but Lou's not really going for it until Tina enters. Say, yeah. hey, Lou, you've been acting kind of weird lately. What's going on? And that's where she starts uh, giving a little bit of a backstory that when my father went missing, the only man that went looking for him was your father. And Terry's death resembles the same death as her father and Lou's father. Mm -hmm. uh, that happened 32 years prior to this. They had a little bit of a Brokeback Mountain thing going on. Sure. Speaking of which, you know how I got these scars. But she asks uh, Lou, what are you doing here with your clothes off, locked in a cell uh, with this head trauma victim, rambling and filming your every move? And he does not really have a good answer for that. You know what's funny is that Tina just kind of fucks off after this. She's like, that, you know, whatever. Lou's trapped in a, the fucking jail cell. Crazy-ass Willie's hanging out. I don't care. She leaves them to kind of do what they're going to do for the night. <laughs> only to come back on a whim later. And it's really... It's kind of random, but I guess if she figures things out too soon, you don't have a whole lot of a story. So they, they had to get her to fuck out of this scene. Oh, yeah, they did. So big surprise. Lou eventually changes. Once again, the practical effects are amazing here in the transformation scene. Jesus uh, Christ, it's incredible. And Wolf Lou demands just one thing, and that's bourbon. And he I demands feel, a lot of it. I feel like you're Wolf Cop. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just bourbon and donuts. I mean, it does sound fucking perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're more of a Willie and I'm more of the Lugaroo. But then again, I don't know. You could Hold drink on. more than me. You a cop? So I ain't a fucking cop. You know, if you are, you have to tell me. Otherwise, it's entrapment. I learned that from watching the movie Blow with Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I also like that movie Entrapment with Sean, Sean Connery. And the day is mine. So Willie sits up all night with Lou, confessing his homosexual fantasies and playing Go Fish. Until a police call comes in because they are actually still in the station. And surprisingly, Lou takes it. Turns out that there is a robbery in progress at the local liquor donut store or whatever the fuck it's called yeah every business in this town is just called liquor donuts yeah liquor in front donuts in the back something like that rubber buns and liquor remember that it, joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> and almost immediately wolf cop is on the scene naturally he just kind of kills everyone and saves the day yeah just like robocop did yeah, just like, uh, you know, any super cop would. They fly in there. The criminals don't know what they're in for, and they just get fucked up. They just get turned into paste. Yep, just like Cobra, just like Stone Cold, just like every fucking movie like this. I got a little bit of a Toxic Avenger vibe from this, honestly. There you go, yeah. So on his way out, like a badass, he steals a bottle of bourbon and breaks into an auto body garage to soup up his police cruiser into... The Wolf Mobile. And this thing is fucking incredible. Oh my God. I love it so much. I also love the uh, Willie going, I know what you're thinking, and I approve. Yeah, Willie's pretty fucking great throughout this whole movie. Oh, Willie's really fantastic. good last. Yeah, we love Willie. So they stop in an alley so he can piss on some teenager graffiti punks, which really didn't have to even be in the movie, but I'm glad it was. Yeah. Just a little aside so he can pee on somebody because you know I like it. He's mostly canine at this point. That's what yeah. Meanwhile, Tina is confronting Jess at the bar about her father. Ah, these two don't get along. You no. can tell they're at odds with each other. It's also super pointless, so who, who really cares about this? Yeah, this scene, this scene sucks. Who fucking fuck they're trying to they're trying to develop Tina's character a little bit and also Jess, and it's uh, who gives a shit. Yep, it falls flat. What's more important? is that there's a biker gang having a party at the local Feld Mansion. Not just any kind of party, but a good old-fashioned meth fuck a bunch of whores party. And Corey Feldman himself is snorting a designer drug that looks just like big lines of colored sugar. And I could only think this is just way too close to home, way too much like real life for Mr. Feldman. Okay, so the first time I did cocaine was because... Yeah, it's like red cocaine. Allegedly. 
Yeah. I'm Corey Feldman. Did you know that I'm a national concern? So, of course, Lou crashes his Wolfmobile straight through the wall of this party. He takes like 600 bullets in the process and ends up tearing everybody apart. And uh, long story short, he starts the whole place on fire. Apparently, this scene took about two days to film, and the film was shot in a matter of 17 days. The scene was very hard to film, but apparently it was also a fucking blast. Everyone had a real good time. Uh, The barn that blew up, I guess, was, was rigged with an insane amount of explosives. It had to be. There also wasn't a lot of, like, regulation on set because, uh, you know, Canada, apparently. Uh, they they weren't really prepared for the actual explosion itself and i guess it caused a little bit of a mess and it was extremely fucking dangerous the character who played rudy actually broke a tibia (laughs) so jess is waiting for them at the police station dressed as red riding hood and uh they just kind of fuck like animals for hours on end while willie jerks off alone in his hearse outside oh he drives a hearse by the way i don't think we mentioned that oh it's great yeah, gives him a little bit of class. Character. Can we talk about this sex scene for a minute? Of course that, we can. Uh, first off, now, I, I appreciate the scene and all, but it was way too fucking sensual. Wolf Cop literally just killed like about 40 fucking people. He ripped a few faces off. You think that he was just straight up like hold her up in the air like like he's the Undertaker given a last ride powerbomb to John Cena and just hold her up and fucking eat her pussy and fuck her like a goddamn uh, werewolf. Instead, it's very sensual. You have to consider that there's still a sensitive alcoholic at the the core of this wolf cop. There's still a man in there, and he is emotionally broken from years of alcohol abuse. Yeah, now, in the sequel, they actually show wolf cock. Wolf cocks. In the sequel, they actually show wolf cop's cock. And uh, my friend is at about, uh, it's about two feet. Well, that's fantastic. Give or, give, or, give or take. But now the main takeaway from this scene is that we have Gowan Moonlight Desires playing. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Gowan. I bet you are. Yeah, nice Canadian rock star right there. These moonlight desires fill me. They hold me. Now, in the sequel, there is a love scene as well, which is Gowan's Strange Animals. Good. I'm telling you this because you care, Greg. I don't. Thank you. Well, eventually, Jess morphs into Mayor Nancy Pelosi and taunts Lou as he falls unconscious. It turns out that she's been behind everything this whole time, and somehow, so is Willie. Yeah, what the fuck, Willie? Willie hears ya. Willie don't care. They argue over Lou's out-of-control power level and load him into Willie's hearse, taking him to the woods. And this is where Tina comes back and sees all of this on the closed-circuit video in the police station. She's a good cop. Yeah, very good cop. Yeah. So, of course, she gears up and follows them in the wolfmobile. Feldman and friends are preparing for the sacrificial ritual in the woods, under the eclipse. They're all ready to go. But of course, Tina comes saving the day with her trusty sniper rifle. Pop! Taking them out left and right. And there ensues the fantastic, epic conclusion of Wolf Cop, which can just be described as a bloody fucking mess. Well, it turns out that Willie the Chief and Pelosi are all immortal shapeshifters, if you didn't figure that out yet. They taunt Lou as the eclipse begins and uh, like you said tina just starts fucking up some feldman's with a sniper rifle this climax is a lot of fun <laughs> i love a good climax oh well here comes the climax if that's what you're looking for hold on to your butts lou goes super saiyan and is immediately stabbed with a ceremonial sword they fill some special cups with his blood but willie gets sniped before he can drink it lou breaks free and tina confronts mayor pelosi who pulls out a hot fuzz and claims that it's all for the greater good. Lou wolf cops a ton of bad guys in the woods, shows up just in time to save Tina from Jess Pelosi. Shitty cop Chief Corey Feldman interrupts to kick his ass and reveal that this is where Lou's father was also killed so many years ago. Tina gets stabbed, but wolf cop chugs whiskey like it's his job and quick draw hip fires a revolver around straight into his former boss's head. The eclipse comes to an end. Lou is once again less animal than man. 
he piles into his wolfmobile with Tina, and they drive off into the sunset to get married and have a bunch of gross furry babies, and it's... The end! Yay! We did it! Wolf Cop 2014, I absolutely fucking love it. I'm giving it five out of five scaries. You got gore, tits, Canadians, tits, gore, wolves, liquor donuts. It's a goddamn good time. It is very rewatchable. It is so fucking quotable. You have an onslaught of a lot of fun characters. God damn it. I love this fucking movie so goddamn much, Greg. What do you feel about it, buddy? Well, Wolf Cop is basically Batman if he was a werewolf. He's got the car. He's got the sidekick. Uh, he peels off a man's face. There's a, a chattering skeleton that's still kind of walking around without its face on. That's fucking fantastic. Just the overall attitude and feel of this film is exactly the tone that you want from something called Wolf Cop. Really couldn't have been executed better. I can see something like this coming from uh, a team like Astron 6 even. It's it funny be- you mention that because Astron 6 is actually in the sequel. Well, that's just fucking perfect. You want to know why? Because I gave this a five out of five also. Wow! Yeah, right. I mean, you saw that coming. We see eye to eye on this one, Greg. Cop to cop. I'm going to take the high road here. And I'm going to say, cock to cock. Lou to Giroux. Willie to Pelosi. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, okay. Five out of five all around. Wolf cop. Check it out if you have it. If you already have, watch it again. God damn it, is it a good fucking time? And it's seriously like 55 minutes long, so you have no excuse not to watch this. A literally no excuse. Even Joe Bob Briggs did an episode of it. It's fantastic. Go check it out. As a matter of fact, while you're checking it out, go check out our dear friends over at the Slashers podcast. Slashers podcast coming out of California, Texas, Florida, all over the fucking nation because there's 26 of them. 69! If you like Slashers, and we know you do, go to their website, check out their fucking LinkedIn. What else do they have? Redbubble, all that shit. Get a free t-shirt. They're passing them out like fucking candy. All you got to do is ask. But the important thing is you pay attention to us because we are ensconced in the finest month or two months, or summer of all time, which is, of course, Full Full Moon moon June, June, baby! Probably Full Moon July. Full Moon August, even. Hey, you know what? Why the fuck not? There's plenty of fucking werewolf and Full Moon Pictures movies. Greg, what are we gonna do next week, baby cakes? Probably something that has some sort of uh, police officer that turns into a werewolf and fights uh, changelings. But we just did that. I think we should do something done by Charles Band. That sounds good. I'd be down with that. I like uh, I like the band legacy. All right. The band I ultimatum. The band reborn. Jason Band back in the habit. Smokey and the bandit. Oh, that's pretty good. Hey, what can I say? BJ and the band. But more importantly, Greg, how about you check out my band, my band, my band, my band. My band. Oh, I need to up my salsa. No saying. Oh. So with that said, my man, why don't you just love each other? Why don't you just give away? Yeah. Adam Sandler again. Yep. Most importantly, keep. Hey. Oh, spooky doopy Damn, that's scary. Three, two, one. Greetings. Greetings. Oh, fuck. Cord syrup is mind control. control. Use some of that bourbon now. Tits.